Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged. Now here's today's message. I want to continue on this conversation about leaving God in control. That's the title of today's sermon, Leave God in Control. Now, if you are a control freak in here, if you like everything nice and neat, this message is for you. If, you, if your life is chaotic and a mess, man, this message is for you. This message is for you. But the reality is, if you are going to live in your God-given destiny for the long haul, you need to leave God in control. You need to leave God in control. The, the thing that wants you to take control is your feelings and your thoughts. Can we all agree with that? It's your feelings and thoughts that rise up in you to try to take lead and try to plant these seeds of worrying about nothing in your mind. Come on, have you ever worried about nothing? And when you worry about nothing, you start to forget about everything. Everything that the Word has told you, everything that the Holy Spirit has shared with you, that is your destiny. And you need to understand that it is a very dangerous thing to allow your thoughts, to allow your fleeting emotions and feelings to lead you because it leaves you in a vulnerable place. It says this in Proverbs chapter 25. I want you to read this on the Bible in the sky. The new Apple product behind me, it's amazing. Says this, like a city that is broken down and without walls, leaving it unprotected, is a man who has no self control over his spirit or flesh and sets himself up for trouble, for trouble. So let's pray together, church. God, we thank you for your house. We thank you that we have a place at the table, that despite our past, God, you invited us back to have a seat at the table. And God, we pray against any distractions right now, Lord. We pray, God, that you, and leave this service and this sermon, we leave it in, in your hands. So Holy Spirit, take over. Holy Spirit, change some hearts, change some minds. And God, we pray in the name of Jesus that we will hear that call of destiny for the man of God that we are destined to be or the woman of God that we are destined to be. Amen? Amen, amen. I want to start off by asking a question, and if you graduated high school in the 90s or maybe 2006, maybe you don't know this phrase, but the young people have taught me this, this acronym called FOMO, and it's F-O-M-O, -O, it's fear of missing out. Have you ever experienced this fear of missing out? You thought you were going to get invited to that wedding. You and your wife both thought, I was for sure, we, I thought we were going to get invited and we didn't get invited. I thought he was my best friend, but he didn't even think to invite me to his birthday party. All these fears of missing out. And the worst is when someone doesn't invite you to the barbecue. And I understand that there is a difference between the cookout and the barbecue. The barbecue has some really good food. Fall off the bone food. And when someone says, I'm having a barbecue, that FOMO sometimes rises up and says, man, you better not miss me. You better send me that Facebook invite. I'm watch I normally don't watch my Facebook DMs, but this time I am, because I want to get invited to the barbecue. And, and being here at Legacy Church, you will click, quickly find out that Pastor Ron and Pastor Lori are cooking. You better make sure you get a piece of what they're cooking, because I'm telling you, it makes the barbecue, all right? And so fear of missing out can be a powerful thing, and it can lead you to doing some weird things. 
can lead you to doing something. I may or may have not asked someone if I'm invited to their wedding one time. It made an awkward moment. <laughs> and how sad I was. I went to my wife like a sad puppy, like, I can't believe we're not invited. And she's like, why would you ask someone that? You got to know your feelings and thoughts always tend to leave you missing out. Tends to leave you in, a, in an awkward position, in a place of constant fear and worry. And you need to learn, church, that if you're going to live in your destiny, you have to learn how to combat those feelings and those emotions. What the Bible calls the flesh, it rises up every now and again, giving you these weird thoughts, giving you these weird feelings, feelings of trying to bring you back to where God saved you from. And so they could be sometimes a stumbling block or a roadblock for your destiny. And so I want us to go into James chapter 1, verse 13. James chapter 1, verse 13, if you could follow me there. Write this down. This is the first point of the sermon is do, do not trust the thoughts. Don't trust the thoughts. You know, Martin Luther, he was a priest that wrote the 95 Thesis, he says this, you cannot keep birds from flying over your head, but you can, keep, you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. This is the analogy that he uses when it comes to these random thoughts. These random thoughts that fly over you like a bird in the sky. That's no, that's, you shouldn't be guilty about those random thoughts, but if you allow them to fester in your mind, if you allow them to build a nest and when birds build a nest, what are they doing? They're multiplying. If you allow that thought to multiply, that leads to some dangerous thing. It says here in James chapter 1, verse 13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. What a random thought that is. And if you allow that thought to fester, it could ruin your relationship with Jesus. You could have the wrong perspective of the Father. I am being tempted by God, for temptation does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire. So, so the ownership is not on God. The fault is not on God. The fault is in our worldly, fleshly desires. Then when the illicit desires pay attention, desire has conceived and it gives birth to sin. And when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. Do not be misled, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good thing and every perfect gift is from above. It comes above from the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation. There is no other God. There is no different Jesus. There is no variation, no rising or setting or shadowing cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changes. I'm glad that in my life, all these thoughts always change, all my feelings always change, but I'm glad that I serve a God that will never, ever change. It was of his own will that he gave us birth as his children by the word of truth. Notice how it doesn't say the word of lies or the word of laziness, 
No, we were birthed out of the word of truth. And that's why we don't do certain things. It's because we are children of the Most High. So that's why we would be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a prime example of what he created to be set apart to himself, sanctified and made holy for his divine purpose. I don't know if you knew this, but you are meant to be a prime example for Jesus. That is part of your destiny. You are meant to be set apart. Well, well, why can't I hang out with my old friends no more? Well, because the Bible says you are a prime example. You are meant to be set apart. And there will be a time where God calls you to be alone with just him and calls you to be alone at the altar with just him because he wants to set you apart from those generational curses, from those temptations, and from those things that entice you from the past. So that is why we can't put our trust in our thoughts. We can't put our trust in, in, in our mind. When we know that we cannot control it, we have to leave it in God's hands. You know, a pastor once said to me, you can't keep the devil or your flesh from suggesting thoughts, but you can choose to not dwell or act on them. Or better yet, you have the authority to rebuke them. And some of us have been dwelling on thoughts for years and thoughts that the, that the Lord has never okayed for you to let nest in your mind. And you can't allow just a random thought or a random doubt to become your whole belief system. So dangerous if you allow that to happen. And you know, here's an example of that. The Bible, one of the very first stories that it tells in Genesis is about a relationship, to, a relationship between a brother and a brother. And Cain became the first murderer in this entire world. Of the human race, he became the first murderer. And the person he chose to murder was his own brother. How does he get to, get to that decision? Well, it starts with a simple thought. And God being so good, he will meet you right where you're at. And God met Cain and said, Cain, there is sin at your doorstep. And it will either master you or you can master it. And today, that is the same challenge that God has given you. There is thoughts at your doorstep. There are feelings at your doorstep. There are emotions at your doorstep. You can either master it or it will master your marriage or it will master your kids or it will master your soul. Know that you have the authority to master that and overcome the flesh through Jesus. Through Jesus. I want to give you I want to give you a practical way to combat these thoughts because the thoughts of life is basically the influences that can derail you from God's destiny for you. Here's the number one way that you can combat this. It's very practical. You just have to open yourself up to accountability. Open yourself up to accountability. You need to start building that muscle of saying, you know what? What if I go to someone before I act on something? What if I go to someone before I make the mistake? You know, a lot of times the youth will come to me after they've they already failed, after they already made the mistake. And the challenge is always, how come you didn't come beforehand? It's okay to, to seek out accountability with your thoughts. And sometimes we forget about that. It's okay to go to a leader and say, hey, are my thoughts valid? That's like one of the best questions that you can ask yourself. Is, is my thoughts real? Is this reality or is this just me making it up? 
Is, is this me overreacting? Now, man, if your wife asks you that question, just say, I'm praying for you. Just say, I'm praying for you. Don't answer that. Just leave that for the Holy Spirit. But these are great questions to ask yourself so that your thoughts won't take root and start leading you. So accountability, check this out. Accountability is really trusting God with the people around you, with the pastor that's over you, with the leaders that are around you, with the crew leader, with the crew that you just joined. You have to understand that that is what you're saying when you say yes to accountability. When you say no to accountability, you're saying, God, I'm in control. I'm in the control of who I will go to. But when you, when you reject accountability, you're saying, God, I don't trust you with the people around me. And so know this, that there is so much wisdom when you start to seek it out. When you start to seek it out. And this is so good because through the church, God gives us a meeting place every week or a couple times a week for us to be filled up with the people around us so that will keep us truthful and keep us in a guardrail. I love it when, when I go to Pastor Ron for certain things. The first thing he will ask me is, Davey, was that a wise decision? And it always stumps me. It always stumps me because I start thinking, wait, was that a right decision? Should I have made that decision? Was that really wise? Because I'm trying to understand how do I gauge when something is wise and when something isn't? How do I let wisdom lead me throughout my marriage, throughout how I lead? And for you, you need to seek accountability so that you can start building that muscle of wisdom in your mind. Here's the second point. Don't trust the feels. So many songs about the feeling. Hooked on a feeling, but don't trust it. Don't trust it. Don't trust the feels. I'm in a good mood because I just came out of vacation. That was the songs, one of the songs I was listening to. But don't trust the feels. Here's why. When we come to Christ, understand that we are programmed by our past, by our past abuses, by our past mistakes, by our past sins, by the places and things and people that we associate with. And their philosophies will be impressioned on us. And so when we come to Christ and Christ says, man, you, you need to be born again. You need to become a new creature. That's actually real. <laughs> That's actually a true statement because we are so messed up when we come to Christ. And understand your feelings are always going to lead you back to those original desires that you had when you were in the world. You know, if you are not careful your feelings can lead you so much that it can make you into an enemy of the cross. Here's what it says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 18. For there are many of whom I often told you, and now tell you even with tears, who live as enemies of the cross of Christ, rejecting and opposing his way of salvation, whose fate is destruction, whose God is their belly, and their worldly appetite, their sensuality, their vanity and whose glory is in their shame, who focus their mind on earthly and temporal things. But we are different because of our citizenship in heaven. I want you to know today you are different. You're not the black sheep of your, your, your job. You're not the black sheep of your family. You are a citizenship of heaven. You are different. And from there, we are eagerly await the coming of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is why we, 
we don't follow the world which follows the fields. No, we follow the Holy Spirit. We follow and choose wisdom. The reason, one of the main reasons is because your feelings will tend to leave you in isolation. Nobody likes me. Nobody understands me. Nobody gets why I'm trying to get with this girl. Nobody gets why I'm trying to, to, to make these business decisions. But listen, isolation is exactly where the enemy wants you to be. You know, in basketball, the most disrespectful thing that you can experience as a defender is when you go up to the top of the key and the ball handler goes, ISO, ISO. Or if you're playing in collegiate basketball, when the coach on the sideline is saying, ISO, break his ankles. That's exactly where the enemy wants you to be. When they call ISO in basketball, his teammates will start backing up and your teammates will start leaving you alone saying, sorry, brother, it's either you or me. Understand when you isolate yourself, you're starting to back up and say, you know what? I'm not going to go to church no more. That's what the enemy is saying. Yes, don't go to church no more. Don't, don't join that crew. Don't join that team. Don't seek out accountability. And all these things start backing away because of you seeking out isolation. And that is exactly where the enemy will start tempting you. That's when exactly when those thoughts will start festering in your mind. And those feelings will leave you all alone because you allowed it to lead you this far. It's so funny because... A lot of times, especially with young people, they will build a whole decision, a whole plan off just a feeling, off some summer love. Hey, what happened to that girl you talked to me about in June? Is that still a thing? Was it worth missing all the youth nights? Was it, miss wor- was it, was it worth missing all the Sundays for that job? Wait, what, what happened? <laughs> because in June, you were so confident. But now that we're in September... You're left empty-handed. You have to understand that your feelings, they change every day. And what makes you think it's a good idea to build so many foundations off of of your feelings? You know, my dad told me when I was getting married, make sure, Davey, that your marriage will forever be built on the Holy Spirit. That has to be the main foundation. So many of my other friends, Davey, have built their marriage on feelings. And that's why they're not together no more. And you need to know that this cannot be a place where you build your belief system. Because then they will change every other week. I want to give you a biblical example about King Rehoboam. King Rehoboam. He is famous for two things. Number one, he's famous for being Solomon's son and the king that reigned after King Solomon which is a tough gig to follow, if you ask me. He's also famous for the nation of Israel dividing and becoming a, having a civil war under his reign. And you know what his name means? His name re- means nation is enlarged. So this was his destiny. His destiny was to expand the boundaries of the kingdom. His destiny was, was wisdom but he never asked for it. The Bible says he rejected wisdom and started allowing his, his feelings to lead his decision-making. And the result was a civil war. The result was division, and the country, the nation, never unified again. 
So likewise, when you allow your feelings to lead, you understand they're not, they're not just leading you, but they'll start to lead your marriage. They'll start to lead your kids. They'll start to lead, to lead your, your business decisions. And when that happens, you'll start seeing division take root in your house. So be careful not to allow your feelings to lead you. It will always lead you to being stuck and dead. I want to give you a practical way of how to challenge yourself with not allowing your feelings to lead you. The number one way you could do this is don't put yourself in the position. Maybe it's time for you to let go of some social media. Maybe fast it for a couple months. Maybe fast it for a year. Maybe it's time for you to shut off the news. I don't care whether you're watching Fox or CNN, but that's not where we go to. We go to the Bible for our hope and for our faith. If you know that these things rev up in you with every scroll, with every, with every news event, if there's more worry, there's more jealousy, there's more lust, there's more anger, then is it not worth just shutting it off? Is it not worth just deleting it? Is it not worth it for your marriage? Is it not worth it for your mental health, for your emotional health, for your physical health, for your spiritual health, for you to just say, you know what, let me take a break off this. There's, there's some people that I need to stop following because I know my wife would not want me to follow them. Stop allowing yourself in these positions that are going to rev up your emotions and lead you into the wrong decisions. When you do this, what you're telling God is, I trust you with myself. Holy Spirit, I trust you. I trust you. I'm so willing, Lord, to turn off everything, turn off the music, turn off the notifications, because I trust you when it's just you and me. I trust you. Here's the last point. Put your trust in Jesus. You're not going to put your trust in your thoughts. You're not going to put your trust in your feelings. But what you will do is put your trust in Jesus. In Jesus. It says in Jude chapter 1, verse 18, it says, They used to say to you, in the last days there will be scoffers, following after their own ungodly passions. These are the ones who are agitators, causing divisions, worldly-minded, secular, unspiritual, carnal, merely sensual, unsaved, and devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, build yourselves up in the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, and pray in the Holy Spirit, and keep yourself in the love of God, waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which will bring you to eternal life. Doesn't that sound like the day and age that we live in? It's so funny when people say, you know, the Bible's out of context. It's out of date. It was written thousands of years ago. But when it says that in the last days there will be scoffers, there will be ungodly passions, agitators causing division. I mean, that sounds like the news. That sounds like the political parties. That sounds like our day and age that we live in. If I can invite the worship team up. You know, we can overcome these roadblocks. These roadblocks of bad thinking, of faulty emotions, through the word of God. Through the word of God. Which, fun fact, Jesus is the word made flesh. And the Bible says his word renews our mind. So when you read it, understand that God is starting to take off all those thoughts that you let fester 
as you read the word. All those feelings start to leave you as you read his word. I love how the verse also talks about pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. I had a leader tell me that you need to start praying, Davey, with purpose and from the right premise. From purpose and from the right premise. Some of you today need to change that perspective when you pray. So it's not, it's not that I'm praying for God's acceptance. I'm praying from God's acceptance. I'm praying from God's grace, not for God's grace. I'm praying from God's approval, not for his approval. I'm praying from God's blessing, not for his blessing. I'm praying for, from God's mercy, not for it. And I'm praying from God's love, not for his love. When you start to pray with this premise, when you start to pray with this perspective, you will start to pray with purpose. You will start to pray with confidence. Confidence of asking your heavenly father. You know, often we tell the youth this. We say sometimes you have to, to rip the face off of your heavenly father, off of your off of your, your, your teachers or whatever leader or whatever father that was in your life, you got to rip those faces off of God's face. And the reason why is because your earthly father can never compare to your heavenly father. What you ask of your earthly father can never compare to what you can ask from your heavenly one. And this is a heavenly perspective, church. This is a heavenly perspective that we ought to have when we pray. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content with Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.